God, this is like a nightmare. Oh! Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. I love you. I tell you, buddy, I'd be the luckiest guy alive if that did it for me. Welcome to Movie Boners. That seemed to take longer than usual. I know, that was a long countdown. What? I tried setting you up for a perfect that's what she said joke and oh. you completely let me down. Sorry, my B. <laughs> Welcome to Movie Boners, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to Movie Boners, where I let down Dustin time after time. <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what, what beer you got going on over there? Mm. So I have no beer that has any correlation to the to the movie we're talking about. Yeah. Like, like at all. So <laughs> <laughs> I got this. Uh, it's called Two-Hearted Ale. Ooh. Oh, I've seen yeah. that before. It's an American IPA from Comstock, Michigan. Okay. At Bell's Brewery. It's pretty good. I like IPAs. This is a pretty good IPA. So, yeah. Bravo, guys. I'm also in the IPA vein today. Um, I got, And it's from one of my favorite breweries in town, Horse and Dragon. It's one I hadn't had before. It's called Hazen Dragon. Ooh. And uh, it's a hazy IPA. They are probably the best brewery in town. I would say it's as good as it gets. Oh, and I just <laughs> thought of a connection for both of us. We are both drinking IPAs, which Correct. to the general public can be very bitter, very off-putting. Mm, yes. But ultimately, very Offensive. satisfying, very good, and yeah. uh, has a lot to offer. Actually, as it turns out, that's oh, actually wow. That was so deep and perfect. Well done. And I didn't even plan that. I really <laughs> didn't plan that. I was just you were talking. I was like, oh my god, it's an IPA. <laughs> um, that's amazing. So, yeah. on the topic of finding meaning in things, yes. Let's get into our movie this week, As Good As It Gets. Yeah, from 1997. Yep. Uh, Pre-forced PC culture, pre-forced <laughs> all this. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you have never seen it until this week. I hadn't. And I did th- have the same thoughts you just mentioned, that this is pre-PC culture, but... Even though you think of the 90s as not really being woke, it's still pretty clear and pretty evident to yeah. me that he's supposed to come across as an asshole and a jerk and who is offensive. So people just, and that's always funny to me going back and watching things. You like watch movies from like the 80s and the 70s. <laughs> and it's like, no, these people were still, I mean, you still kind of, you still got it. It wasn't like the dark ages or whatever. Right, right. Um, so this has always been a movie, you know, it came out in 97. So I was still fairly young when I watched this movie and mm-hmm. I always just thought it was like funny and silly. And then I became an adult and rewatched it and was <laughs> like, oh my God, this is real life. And there's a lot mm-hmm. to offer from this movie. And I think that every time I watch it, yeah. uh, but I'm very nervous and curious to find out you just watched it. <laughs> I watched it for the very first time what did last you think? night. Oh, damn. Um, I know. I kind of was putting it off, but I wanted it to be fresh in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I 
I that's exactly what I thought is exactly what you just said. I thought that this is a very real life movie. It's interestingly, the characters are complex. They're not like, um, I guess, stereotypes or two dimensional characters yeah. that are just one way there. You have very complex characters and very complex relationships and that leads to complex character growth throughout the movie, which I really liked. I thought it was among the best character growth and good reasons for it and all that <laughs> stuff. But like the way that the movie is directed and done, it's a lot of it. A lot of the scenes where you might expect them to just like throw in music to like make it lighter or make it feel a certain way. There's like no music in that scene. And so the t- conversation and the like it can kind of just linger or the uncomfortableness can kind of like linger and yeah it feels like it feels real or maybe like a like a play like just like authentically done and so i thought that that was really interesting and i thought it was interestingly paced and all that stuff it it was i didn't for a movie that's been around a lot that you've heard a lot about for most of those kinds of movies that I haven't seen, I still feel like I know a lot about it. Yeah. I didn't know that much about it going into it. I just knew who was in it and that was about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you enjoyed it? I would say that I liked it. I did like it a lot. Um, and I can definitely see it being the kind of movie that grows on me the more I watch it. That I yeah. I, I saw it and I laughed at some parts i had i felt emotionally connected to it at other parts but i think and then as i was watching it it felt very comfortable too like i feel like it's the kind of movie that i could just put on and watch and it would be comfortable to watch at any time so i think i could it could grow on me a lot over time it is it's uh it's one of those movies where you kind of hit the nail on the head with that it's a very comfortable movie when at times at times it's very comfortable other times you can sit down and watch it and depending on where you are in your headspace it's the kind of movie that will like kind Mm -hmm. of force you to think about a few things in general Mm -hmm. terms of humanity and Mm -hmm. (laughs) like uh it's very abrasive with everyone's life is so fucked up yeah it's just different levels it can Mm -hmm. be emotionally fucked up it can be like actually i mean it is physically and financially like it is just it's so and it it all really centers around jack nicholson's character of mr udall uh, or melvin udall because he he's such an asshole (laughs) yes such he like he might be one of the biggest assholes I've ever seen on screen. But yeah. right as you're really supposed to hate him, which mm-hmm. you pretty much are like the movie opens with him dropping a dog <laughs> down a trash chute. That is the opening yeah. credits of the movie. <laughs> That's a perfect way to set up. You should not like this person. Right. And then you find out it's not his dog. It's someone else's it dog. And you're like, you're an ex- extra piece of shit. Right. And, and right as you're really like, okay, I don't know if I'm ever going to like buy into this character. Mm-hmm. You start learning all of these other things about him, like the OCD mm-hmm. and 
there's actual mental illness to him and yeah you learn more of his character oh yeah spoiler we will be spoiling the whole thing Uh, (laughs) yeah so go and watch it yeah i will say as someone who had put it off yeah i will say as someone who put it off it's worth watching i should have seen it sooner so go and see it before we talk all about it yeah um but you know you find out you know he he brings up his dad used to bust his knuckles if he messed up on piano which kind of implies gives you the picture that maybe his childhood home was Mm -hmm. slightly abusive probably not just physically but mentally as well like yeah emotionally for sure yeah you just get that sense especially with the ocd and he he has a hard Mm -hmm. time accepting relationships at all Uh, Mm -hmm. everyone is purposely pushed away which i think is where a lot of the Mm -hmm. comments that he makes come from it's like a full defense mechanism so his character is the longer the movie goes the more you realize like oh his character is (laughs) so messed up and he's just so down and then all of a sudden he hits you with like some of the kindest words kindest biggest Mm -hmm. gestures and you're like i love this man what is (laughs) happening here yeah (laughs) yeah and even though he's he's ostensibly doing it he's doing these grand gestures primarily from a selfish motivation right that but there's still it doesn't take away the fact that that he's helping these people out sincerely they are in need of his help and he's there for them when nobody else is and it yeah all of a sudden this person who you hated and still are like He's still prickly. You're still kind of off put by him. Well, yeah, because in the same moment he does something amazing and beautiful, he mm -hmm. says something that is so horrible. (laughs) You're like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can't say that. Yeah, and so so I I think that he is extremely complicated. He has these certainly mental illness and OCD and like a germaphobe and and I think a lot of what you said is a defense mechanism to purposely keep people away and he makes them not like him so he doesn't have to get invested. But it it may also be easier or natural for him because he seems to, when confronted with, when Helen Hunt's conf- character confronts him, Carol, she confronts him and she's like, that was really mean. You need to apologize right now. It takes him a long time to be like, I understand what you're saying. I'm sorry yeah. I did that. He's he kind of has like a deeper seated lack of empathy or maybe unable to interact in social situations in a normal way, maybe on the spectrum a little bit. Uh, it's he's a very interesting guy for someone who's comes across immediately as an asshole. Yeah. Uh and a lot of like his little things when I when I watched it at a younger age, I didn't understand, mm-hmm. you know. I, I remember laughing at him washing his hands and like throwing the bar of soap away and then grabbing a new mm. one to wash his hands with. I remember mm. chuckling and being like, man, he's wasting all this soap. <laughs> then you get, then you're an adult and you've learned more. And then watching that scene again, it's very like, oh my God, his, his disorder is so severe. Yeah. The germaphobe is so severe. He doesn't even trust soap, which mm-hmm. is self-cleaning. Right. <laughs> You really can't get it dirty, but he uh, needs a new package of it every time. Yeah. And then, yeah, so you, you brought up Helen Hunt. She plays 
Carol Connolly, a waitress at a New York restaurant, which mm. even his in the restaurant, 90s, his, his yeah, like the favorite rest, the only one he'll go to, and she's the only one who will put up with him. The only waitress he will interact with, like, mm. I mean, he's still a dick to her, but yeah, well, he says dickish things to her, but uh, she can handle it, I guess. She's a she's, stronger, she's tough. Yeah. Her character is the kind of character I would never want to piss off. I would never want <laughs> to have a confrontation with her. Yeah. And Helen Hunt a is gem. brilliant in this movie. Yeah. At no point, all of, the whole cast, the entire yeah. cast, at no point do you ever feel like, oh, this is just Jack Nicholson, or oh, this is mm-hmm. Helen Hunt or uh, Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear. Or even Cuba Gooding Jr. You yeah. never get that sense of like, oh, they're just playing characters. They feel mm-hmm. like very real, genuine people. Yeah. Astounding to me. Astounding. <laughs> and Helen Hunt has a couple scenes, emotional scenes that are like, mm-hmm. holy hell. Getting goosebumps yeah. right now because one of them's playing <laughs> right now. <laughs> Yeah, she has kind of a tragic story, a tragic life. Not only is she a single mother, but her son has like asthma and immune disorders and constantly yeah. sick, constantly struggling, not able to be a kid, constantly needing her attention and like constantly in and she, and and she has to go to work. And, yeah. And she's a waitress, like, which can't pay very much. So she and this is in the 90s where it was even a little yeah. bit worse, you know, there there was no minimal wage or anything for them it was like mm-hmm. here you get two bucks an hour or whatever it is and hopefully yeah. you make tips today <laughs> yeah yeah and she yeah she seems to work like lunches i mean yeah i don't know how she's not just up to her maybe she is up to her eyeballs in debt and medical well i mean you kind of get that sense when her and her mom her mom is staying with her and helping her out with her son and there mm-hmm. are scene. There's a scene where a doctor comes to visit them, and they start handing him all of their like receipts and bills of just mm-hmm. everything has piled on, and just seeing the handfuls upon handfuls of bills and receipts, you're like, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, it stresses me out, man. It does. Like her character <laughs> is stressful to watch, um, because you you feel for her right out of the gate. I mean, her first scene, you learn about her son being sick and how he can't, mm-hmm. he can't go outside because it could possibly kill him. Kill him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really tragic. This is, and then Greg Kinnear, uh, he plays the neighbor whose dog is dumped down the, the trash chute. <laughs> Verdell. Yes. Yeah. He happens to be gay and he's an artist. Yep. Who gets robbed and well, not just robbed, but beaten. <laughs> like, yeah. With a he coat walks, rack. <laughs> walks in on the guys, uh, the guys robbing him. They're essentially junkies. And as a Scream fan, I was very excited to see that you recognize <laughs> two of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two, two Scream alums are junkies that rob him and beat him basically nearly to death. He yeah. comes out looking real terrible. Um, but yeah, Greg Kinnear is kind of one of the, 
I mean, he's the third leg on the stool. He's you need him to hold up the rest of the movie as well. And his character is really interesting as his interactions with the Melvin are interesting for sure, because he's very Melvin is very probably targets most of his uh, I'll call it abuse. But I think that he's partly, like you said, saying these things to keep him at distance or get a rise out of him. Just it's not. I don't know. I don't think that it's true bigotry because he also at the same time will do very nice things for him. He he does a couple yeah. incredible things. Like he will say time. he will say things that are that are like targeting, but in the exact same like scene, he wants this guy to like be happy and have his dog like like him and go to him and <laughs> yeah. and and just to make him happy that his dog likes him again. So it's, yeah, I, I think that it's more just saying it to say it or saying it to like prove he can or something. Yeah. Well, it's to me, Melvin's character becomes very, I mean, he's the most interesting character of the movie because he has the most character development through the, mm-hmm. the course of the film. Um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, so he's very confrontational. He's very kind of abusive in what he says. I mean, there, yeah. there, he's got some lines that are very like, oh, my God. Obviously offensive. Yeah. yeah. But what's interesting is when someone comes back at him and confronts yeah. him, he has no response. And he actually mm-hmm. like will kind of cower away and kind of like. He can no yeah. longer make eye contact. He can't. He doesn't know mm-hmm. what to do. So, yeah. or if it gets in a physical altercation and someone starts like touching him really or threatening to touch him, out. yeah, yeah. Um, so he's very vulnerable. He's kind of like in a glass house, you know, yeah, throwing yeah. stones at people. Very vulnerable. Doesn't have quite as tough of skin as he wants the world around him to th- think. And what's yeah. funny is how Carol, the waitress, and Simon, I won't finish the line, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of some at some point in the film, he just allows them mm-hmm. to break into that glass house. To allow, you know, he actually, they are a part of it. They see the vulnerable version of him, and you get yeah. the sense like they might be the only two people and the mm-hmm. dog. <laughs> that might ever see this character's vulnerability. Yeah. Who knows? Um, yeah. I do want to go. We can't talk about this movie without talking about Verdell, the dog, because the dog <laughs> ends up becoming the biggest crutch of the film, the biggest like mm-hmm. catalyst. catalyst for change. Yes. Yeah. And it's this yeah. ugly little <laughs> furry dog. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those little shitty, small, yappy dogs. But it's so, like, it has the, the best... I see why they chose it, because it has the best face. Like, a, it has, like, a, a... It does a sad face so well. <laughs> that it, it does make your heart melt, and you can understand how it makes Melvin's heart melt, and he kind of falls in love with it. Yeah. So, okay, I know I had told you when I was like, hey, maybe we could dive into as good as it gets. And you even mentioned Mm -hmm. it too, when you, you put up the teaser of like, 
Uh, Dustin thinks there's a lot in this movie. Or mm-hmm. How'd you put it? Uh, that you're, that the meaning in it has changed over time a lot, I think. Something like that. It has a lot to offer. Um, it does. So the movie is technically listed as a romantic comedy. I do not take it as a romantic comedy, although love is kind of what the whole movie is essentially about, but not just romance. Uh, Yeah. And the dog is the one that really forces that kind of perspective. It's to me, I, I think it's awesome how Melvin is trying to write because he's an author. He's an established author, a pretty successful author. Author. And it, considering how much money he spends in this movie, he's a very successful author. Yes. Yeah. Or he's just very uh, good with his money as well. So he yeah. could be obviously very successful, but he's he kind of strikes me as the kind of person that's actually like he's yeah. pretty good with his finances. So he's probably <laughs> and yeah, that's part of the benefits of being OCD. You're very organized and yeah. And he spends a lot in this movie and without a Mm -hmm. thought. Mm -hmm. Um, But he like, so Simon gets beat up, robbed in the hospital, gets told you're completely broke. You're losing your apartment. Yeah. He was doing an art show and it it didn't go well at all. So now he's basically lost everything with his. But while he's recovering, Melvin is kind of forced to take care of, Verdell the dog yeah and it's one of it's like the scene that really gives you the impression the movie's going to shift it's going to mm-hmm. like oh we're on this journey okay mm-hmm. I I think I get it uh, and that's Melvin going back into the apartment after Verdell has been put in the apartment yeah, it know. is apartment that nobody else has ever been allowed into. Ever. And now you have this this hairy germ carrying beast <laughs> just running around his apartment, and it's a huge change to his very consistent lifestyle. It, yeah, there's no uh, gradual or like mm-hmm. uh, slow baby stepping towards change. It's very this is happening now. Yeah. You have to adapt to this. Mm-hmm. And I love how Jack Nicholson. Oh my God. I know. So <laughs> as I, that was another big thing. Getting away from Verdell the dog. No, for no, a you're good. You're good. Because Verdell brings all of this out. That's, it's true. That's why you bring up Verdell. Yeah. The dog, the, the do- what the dog does to Jack Nicholson, the way Jack Nicholson responds, just the way Jack Nicholson is. It's amazing to watch him act and be and move and everything he does with his face and how he just when he's not even really in the scene he's he's his character is watching the scene and watching the people talk to each other he's so fascinating and so incredible i would really like to maybe we should do this in the future do a jack nicholson episode because i'd like to watch a lot of his movies back to back and kind of see his progression and see just everything he does because he's amazing like this this is one of those movies where when you watch him you fully understand why jack nicholson is so revered and so like held on such you know a pedestal yeah he's just he's so 
incredible to watch. And this kind of Jack, everyone knows Jack Nicholson from The Shining and being like right. so intense and from dramas where he's very intense and kind of kind of frightening. You mm-hmm. watch this movie and now he's like showing this whole vulnerability. I mean, every time I watch the movie, when he closes the door right after Verdell is given <laughs> to him, and it like does that close up profile of him after he locks the door five times and he's yeah. like breathing and you just see the like, I don't know how I can process it. Like it's an actual it. It feels it's like real. panic real. Yeah. Yeah. If you've ever had a panic attack or tried to fight off like an anxiety attack, watching him in that quick scene, you're very yeah. much like, yep. Yeah, that, <laughs> I've been there. Oh, God. It- yeah. Too real, too real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like you said, with the music, there's like no music on that scene. You mm-hmm. are forced. They they really force you to sit in the awkwardness, to sit in like, yeah, you're going to be yeah. uncomfortable. This is part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And here, just hear the sound of his apartment, just hear like his breathing. Just you're so there. You're, you're not like watching a movie scene you're just there watching what's happening and and you want to get out <laughs> you're yeah. like man i don't i don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but watching him learn what love is on like mm-hmm. a human scale on a basic uh on a basic love scale in general yeah it all caring comes- for Caring for something besides himself starts with caring starting for this to dog. lose selfishness and uh, watching him with the dog is so awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. And you brought it up earlier where you said the movie has some of the best character development out of so many films mm-hmm. because it, it all feels genuine, but watching him go from like, we don't want no damn dog. We don't need mm-hmm. no dog. You eat what we eat. We don't want dog food here, <laughs> you know, yeah. to all of a sudden, like spoiling the dog. It's almost like the dog is trying to show him. No, mm. you can you can drop the act, dude. Like I've officially <laughs> yeah. seen you low point. So here we go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah. And it's 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 pretty amazing how quickly it happens that one of the simplest but most effective and maybe most impactful scenes is when he goes to the restaurant because he always goes to the restaurant and he leaves the dog outside and his care for the dog concern for the dog actually forces him to break his routine and move tables he doesn't sit yeah. at the table he always sits at and i was like oh this dog is very is like severely affecting this guy yeah and within a pretty short amount of time which kind of gives you the impression a little more time has gone by than maybe just a yeah. day or so but yes. yeah, when when uh, Simon comes back and says, like, or maybe it's Cuba Gooden Jr.'s character, one of them says that it's like been weeks since he's he's been in the hospital for weeks. I'm like, oh wow, I didn't know that much time. Yes, yeah. but it makes sense. But yeah, him leaving his table, which typically like people that with OCD, I mean, when they have that routine, mm-hmm. they need to stick with the routine. Mm-hmm. But to see the effect that this dog has had on him where, yeah, he's like, oh, I got to move over to this table. So I'm closer. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, oh, he's yeah. he's breaking apart. 
but not in a bad way. Like this isn't like a meltdown. He is right. Like, the shell is falling off. And I love Helen yeah, Hunt in that scene. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, okay. the things that are blocking him are entirely mental. Like his neuroses are just mental. And so it seems like all the times that he stops being OCD, it's because he just wasn't thinking about it. He forgot to think about it. Or if when, he, when he's thinking about it, he obsesses about it and he has yeah. to do it. But when he just moves tables, he just doesn't doesn't think about it. He's like, oh, I have I just have to move tables. Or I forgot to lock the door five times. Or it's just, oh, he just man. forgets to and moves on. You jumped ahead, but yeah, I forgot to lock the door. We'll get to that. Yeah, that, that scene. I'm always like, oh, my God, <laughs> how can like just a few simple words be so yeah grand uh mm-hmm. so the the story ends up becoming you know simon comes home from the hospital he's losing everything and his mm-hmm. last effort is to go visit his mom and dad mm-hmm. who have disowned him right have rejected him and I told him to them. never come home. Yeah. And have asked him, you know, he's got to go and ask them for money to just try and not be homeless. Yeah. Which all the characters, they're not young. All of the characters no. are in their forties. Like these are mm-hmm. grownups. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which adds more depth to the movie. I think this movie is not made for, yeah kids why i watched it when i was younger i don't know because i didn't really get the movie (laughs) when i was younger Um, yeah i'm glad i saw it but it's not for kids this is a very grown-up film (laughs) yeah yeah for several reasons it's it's complicated it's (laughs) it deals with like real life things that you would have no concept of as a kid yeah yeah um so simon comes home and Melvin trying to, <laughs> I skipped a part. <laughs> we, they end up going on a road trip to Baltimore to see Simon's parents and the movie. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a fun trip. Yeah. I didn't even like, I didn't know anything about that part. I didn't know that this was like a road trip movie as so, and as, as they were setting it up and they're like, we have to go on this trip or, and then Melva gets roped into taking Simon on this trip. And then he guilts Carol into coming with them. And I was like, what? they're going to go on a trip. Like this is a, there's a, there's a trip in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, and so it, it, that whole like section as these very different people are in the car together, learning about each other bonding really was a great way to like, show that growth that you see overall because it's it's kind of like a pressure cooker where you can make a relationship grow really fast like the a great example is carol helen hunts meets simon when they like walk up to get into the car she meets him for the very first time at the end of the trip when they're leaving she's like hugs him says she loves him he loves her back like they're great friends now. yeah they they make and these these things happen uh, sometime, and it's kind of cool seeing it get shown in this movie where two people will just instantly kind connect and they just click. Yeah. Like, okay, I guess we are permanently in each other's yeah. lives. Like this is what we're doing. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, they're like, they're not love. I mean, they Simon and Carol have mm-hmm. a unique <laughs> relationship, or at least what you are shown. Yeah. Well, she's kind of his muse. She becomes his muse yeah. as he's he's struggling to be inspired to paint. That's why I think his his uh, art what exhibit or whatever didn't go very well. But when they so that's kind of getting ahead of us ourselves as well. Where on this trip, you learn that Jack Nicholson kind of is like getting feelings for Helen for Carol and has like. He wants to like take her out on a date, and he likes her, but he doesn't really know how to, how to describe it because he's so socially awkward. Which is another huge piece of his character development because he's kept everyone so distanced, mm-hmm. and now he's like, "How do I initiate like a romance?" And it's right. the worst way possible. But he <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, he jumps in with both feet, and that's what counts. But <laughs> yeah. when he like takes her out to dinner and and has to like go and get a suit because he can't use the the restaurant's suit jacket and tie, um, and then ends up saying something mean that he doesn't really mean to be mean. It just like that's the way he talks. And yeah. so she demands that he compliment her and he works his way around to complimenting her. And she's like caught so off guard because it started out so like terrible, <laughs> like he's doing such a terrible job. And then all of a sudden says the nicest thing that it's, anyone's ever said to her. So I know a long time ago, uh, we talked about, I think it was our drama or romance episodes. It was one of those. Uh, we talked about mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire and we were like, this is a movie. Every male wishes they could have come up with the lines. Right. And all yeah. this. So Jack Nicholson's character, Melvin Udall has mm-hmm. a couple lines where as a male, you were like, Oh my God, um, <laughs> that line has to be used. And his, yeah. his big compliment to her, the first big compliment to her, is one of them. And yet mm-hmm. you are not only is she taken so off guard, you as mm-hmm. the audience are like, Whoa. Yeah, that is. Oh my God. And she totally mm-hmm. like in that second, just, yep. I'm going <laughs> to sleep with him. <laughs> yeah. Just we're doing this. There is no question. For you now. Yeah. And then he opens his mouth again and you're like, Oh my God. God. Yeah. <laughs> and then she leaves. She very quickly leaves and changes rooms and decides to stay with Simon because yep. one, he's gay, and B, she doesn't want uh Melvin to come and like talk to her after. Because so she just wants to like pretty escape. Pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And that's when she becomes Simon's muse because she's just drawing a bath. And it's Simon, there's really interesting parts where Simon talks about how he gets his inspiration for painting. He just likes to watch people be themselves and he sees the like beauty in everyday life. So she's, you know, drawing a bath, getting ready. And, uh, and the, he just becomes like obsessed. Like he's, he draws like all kinds of pictures with her, like all night and, and just can't get enough of like, and like rips off his cast in order to draw better. And he's just, she inspires him. And so they become, really close as part of that. But I think also he's 
they're good. They have good conversations. They understand each other and work well yeah. together. I, I, you get the sense that it wasn't just her posing for him mm-hmm. and being kind of amused, but you, you really get the sense they have a friendship that's very deep now. Like yeah. they have huge trust for each other. They genuinely mm-hmm. have love for each other. And it's, it is kind of crazy how she becomes like amused to both of them for mm-hmm. kind of the same thing of improving your life. <laughs> yeah. And she plays yeah. it so well where she's constantly like, why am I the one? Like, what is, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So they do the road trip and then they, they come back. We'll get to the ending here in a little while, uh, <laughs> but we should talk about Carol. So her character, yeah, her son is sick, could possibly mm-hmm. die really at any moment. She, mm-hmm. you see her on a date that someone else had to set up for her, uh, trying to date, yeah, trying to figure something out. That guy she dates, by the way, super creepy. He creepy, weird. I don't know how she puts up with any of that. It. I'm so glad he's only in the movie for the one scene. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think she, she doesn't, she knows that she doesn't get many opportunities. And I think that she wants it to work so bad that she's willing to put up with yeah, a lot. She just kind of, although her, her facial expression, when he licks her forehead, sidebar, <laughs> you heard that right. Yeah. People that haven't watched it, or if you have watched it, uh, yeah. When they're making you, out. Yeah. And he like, you think he's going to just, kiss her neck or something because he moves away from her mouth and then he just do something normal at least but instead he licks in a straight line across her forehead (laughs) and her response is so awesome because it's that very like what the fuck is this (laughs) why is it happening to me (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah and then I, I guess this is what we're doing because, yeah, you, <laughs> she's just like, I, I have to deal with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the best thing you've got right now, I guess. <laughs> and then her son gets sick. She goes, checks on him. He throws up. <laughs> she goes back. Him grabbing and her mom. Her mom is there who had put on headphones <laughs> put on to like headphones. give her privacy, but she's like, but I, I love all those little things about her home uh-huh. because you, I mean, it looks like it would be a very nice apartment, but it's like a tiny, maybe one bedroom studio, like not studio, but one bedroom apartment when they're trying to make rooms by putting up Curtains sheets and stuff. And stuff. Yeah. And although it's a pretty decent apartment, you can tell like times are rough. So yeah, they've had to adapt the apartment how they can. They're trying to, I mean, she's a 40 year old woman living with her mom in New York, which is in New York. And yeah, she she lives in like Manhattan or she works in Manhattan. She works in Manhattan. She probably has to commute. I'm sure. Yeah. So you just, you understand like her situation sucks mm-hmm. so yeah she's yeah. uh she happens to be on a date <laughs> yes yeah. and her kid throws up throws up on her and then she tries to go back to her date and that's like the way he gropes her both times 
Yeah. To me, I don't know what it is, but like, first off, any guy that just walks into a woman's apartment and immediately is like, oh, I'm just going to lay make you down and we're doing this. Yeah. He like picks her up in like the weirdest way and then does like, he's like, tries to do like a dip kiss thing, but it's, it's very weird from the outset. And then, yeah, he's just like, and this is their first date. And he's just like, I'm going to take you to this couch and we're going to make out. And I always feel kind of weird watching actors grope because it takes me out of it kind of because I'm like, you are not these characters. You are actors and this guy is now groping you. And it just seems it takes me out of it a little bit. And and he's a little aggressive with it. He's very aggressive with it. (laughs) It and awkward. Me. He's just like this skinny, weird. I know I'm a skinny, weird guy, but I at least have some social but it, you know, ability. He just, he's a douche. And then, yeah, she comes back after taking care of her son. And he's like pretending to smoke and he like makes a cigarette <laughs> disappear when she's freaking out. And he's like, <laughs> magic. And Trying she goes, too hard to be charming. Yeah. And she's like, oh, look at that. And you as the audience <laughs> is like, whoa, what a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, total douchebag. <laughs> this guy sucks. Don't be in the movie anymore. But yeah, he yeah. like, he doesn't even like try <laughs> to be sweet. She walks over to him and he immediately is like, boob. Yeah. With a little like, bit of thrill. He doesn't say like, is your kid okay? Like, how did that go? He's just like, let's get back to it. <laughs> right. And then he's and like, her response is great. Her response is when he grabs, touches the vomit on her and she's like, oh, well, serves you right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that'll teach you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's such a. He's such a douche. I hate that character yes. so much. You're supposed to, but like he's all yeah. butt hurt because her kid mm-hmm. is sick and he's not getting laid right there. And she's like, well, yeah, I could, what do you want to do next? You know? And she kind of says it like, I guess I could tell you what trains you could take home or whatnot. And he's <laughs> like, no, I'll take a cab. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you like get a glimmer of hope that he's nice because he's like, oh, no, that's OK. And you're like, oh, he's going to stay. He's like, I'll take a cab. And you're like, oh, well, he's a dick. Like, <laughs> oh, he's bailing immediately. He's not even going to yeah. try and like learn about her. Uh, yeah. God, I hate that guy. But her whole and she's constantly down on herself because she's constantly stressing about her, her child, which yeah. very understandable. And yeah, since she has very late nights that anything can happen at any time that she has to just take him to the hospital or and so there are several scenes where she's working at the restaurant because she has to and Melvin comes in and he starts to ask her like personal questions, which is another great part of his growth where he goes out of his way to like learn about her and learn yeah. about her son and what his name is and what his deal is and why he asked her in like the most terrible way what why do you like look like this why are you why is your face ugly or whatever but she and then he actually gets down to what he means which is i noticed that you have like rigs around your eyes you look tired and she explains that she's up all night and so she i think she does a good job of being patient with him and keeping him accountable for saying things that are inappropriate but at the same time not completely writing him off as hopeless yeah she gives him 
a lot of grace because let's be real. Yeah. If anyone spoke to you or to me or anyone the way he yeah. does sometimes to people, it would very much be like writing your existence <laughs> off. Yeah. Goodbye. Fuck off. Get out of here. <laughs> but she she gives him a lot of grace, which is telling because it's almost like yeah. she just wants that same kind of grace given to her because yeah. of her situation. So you can kind of tell there's a lot of like empathy there. She mm. can tell there's something else going on. He mm. just says such dickish things to her that she's like at one point she's like does anyone care to hear what melvin has to say yeah <laughs> raise your hand yeah <laughs> um that you brought up him asking her son's name i love that scene because of how it ties in later on mm-hmm. so he asks like his name and that's how he asks he just like yeah I need his name. And she yeah. says Spencer and she pauses and she says Spence kind of like that loving mother. Like, but I call him this. Yeah. And he kind of like, okay. Like, and you <laughs> kind of take it as, Oh, he just selfish reasons. Cause he just wants her to be able to give him his eggs. And, yeah. <laughs> but then later on in the movie, he repeats that to her. And it's such yeah. a cool moment because you realize like the dude has been soaking up. He's actually mm-hmm. been listening and investing mm-hmm. into what these people have told him. Paying attention, remembering, caring about these things. It's not just stuff happening in the background. He's, yeah. He explains that he's been listening while he's waiting for his food and listening to what's going on in her life. And so he demonstrates that he cares. And that's yeah, really nice. and it's pretty cool. Um and Carol, God, her character just goes through so much. And what, what I love is as dramatic and intense as all of their storylines actually are, mm-hmm. the movie is genuinely hilarious. Like it has some really <laughs> funny parts in it. Usually yeah. you laugh out of being uncomfortable at the things that Melvin will <laughs> say, but everyone yeah. has funny parts in, in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I laughed several times. <laughs> there, There is one line that you can tell he purposely says just to cut off a conversation, just to be able to get away and to like, don't ever talk to me again. And that's the receptionist at the publishing office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it's so like. There were a couple of lines that I knew from without even seeing the movie. And one is that is one that line, where yeah. he's, she's a me, like a mega fan of his writing. And she's like, how do you write women so well? He says, I think of a man and I take away reason and accountability. And just walks off into the elevator and leaves. Yeah. And she is left stunned. And you mm-hmm. are laughing because you can't believe he actually fucking said that. Yeah. And then you're you're also kind of like what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the other line that I knew which was a fun to get to and see it in context was when he answers the door to his apartment and he's talking and uh he's like go sell crazy somewhere so else. We're all stocked up here. <laughs> yeah. it's hard to not say it as him that was another really fun part of it is the couple of times that simon greg kinnear 
uh, impersonates Jack Nicholson. He does such a good job. He does job a of good it. job. A really good job. <laughs> it's really fun. He even like changes his facial expression to mm-hmm. kind of be Nicholson esque. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. great. It's so yeah. good. Um, <laughs> so the the cartridge well before that melvin's first huge gesture although see Mm -hmm. he claims it's for a selfish reason but i'm not convinced that it's entirely at least that surface selfishness um i think it is still for selfish reasons because he wants her back so that she can be there for and with him um Mm -hmm. He tells her, I need you back at the restaurant to serve me. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's it's a little more than that. But every time I watch it, it's almost inspiring where you're like, I wish I could just do that for someone. Mm-hmm. So she she's coming home and she sees the, the doctor's car in front of her building and immediately panics and you as the audience member immediately Mm -hmm. are like oh my god don't don't mess with the kid please don't mess with this kid (laughs) yeah if this kid dies i'm out of this movie right like i'm gonna hate the movie oh hey your greg kinnear scene just played (laughs) (laughs) perfect timing a little piss ass mom um and then you you had to have chuckled at the mm-hmm. random director cameos in this movie. Yeah. Okay. So Shane yeah, Black oh, sure, has sure. a cameo. Harold Ramis has a cameo. <laughs> yeah. When I saw Shane Black as the as the manager at the cafe, I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I knew he'd like been in a couple things, but I didn't remember this being one. And then yeah, Harold Ramis is obvious. That's a huge, awesome yeah, one. Harold Ramis is the doctor, and he. He plays the doctor so well. He just He does. So well. Yeah. <laughs> but you find out like the doctor's making a house call. It's kind of a, a personal favor to his wife who happens to be Melvin's publisher. And you're yeah. like, oh God. And he's like, You're urgently needed back at work. What do you do? And she's like, I'm a waitress. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He said that I have to take care of your kid. You need to go back to work. You must be a very important job. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a waitress. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. <laughs> but like their whole the whole time they're the mom, her, and the doctor are at the table, and he's he's honest with them. He's very open with them. He's patient yeah. with her. And then the big question, because I remember thinking like this is a house call by an MD. Like, yeah. and he seems to be doing all these other, he's testing. running, running tests, run it, like rushing them to get the results the same day and giving her very personalized attention. Yeah. So even as a kid, you're like, this mm. is expensive. <laughs> yeah. you're like, I don't think she's going to afford all of this mm-hmm. care. And then he drops the bomb of like, Oh, all finances are being taken care of by Mr. Udall. And you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. And yeah. I love his response to it where he's like, don't, don't even worry about it. Like, don't, I don't need a thank you. I don't need any of this. Just yeah. 
all I need is you to to just be around essentially. <laughs> like, yeah. She, the, the like thank you letter that she writes him is like page thank you letter. <laughs> and she pulls it out and tries to read it to him at the restaurant. It's like the longest letter of all time. Which is funny because he tells her to put her thank you in a note. He tells yeah. her to write the thank you note. And then when <laughs> she does and tries mm-hmm. to give it to him, he's like, no, 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 <laughs> I don't no. And yeah. then and then he turns it into a guilt trip, and that's how she ends up on the car trip of like, yeah, the thing I did for you that that working out. <laughs> She's like, you know, what does she say? That thing you did for me for us mm-hmm. like completely changed our lives. And he's like, good, because then you can do something for me. And you're like, what a dick. <laughs> like, yeah, you were doing so well with the like. I don't need any like right credit. I don't need anything. <laughs> And mm-hmm. two, oh no, you're you're going to drop your life for a few days and go on a road mm-hmm. trip with me. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and he very he he literally manipulates her into it because she's like, No, I I mean I can't do that. I have my kid, I have stuff to do. He's like, Oh, well, you can write a note and but if I actually need something from you, then you're not gonna be there. And so he c- calls her on her her gratitude, which is very selfish of him and it completely undoes everything that he has been setting up being nice. <laughs> right. And then, and then the reason that he like tells her later that she wanted her on the trip is like, this is why I think that he's like, has to be autistic or something because he's like, I wanted you to come along because I thought that it may be, he wants to like test Simon's gayness. Oh to yeah. Like, when they go to dinner together. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I thought maybe if you had sex with him and you're like, yeah, what the what? Fuck? <laughs> yeah. This is not anything you should ever say to anybody. <laughs> yeah, it's very weird and very awkward. But he does such like I I love how they wrote the character, how they wrote all of the the film in general mm-hmm. of just like everyone has those moments where you're you're really on board with them and then they'll say or do something and you're like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. that was kind of a, that -hmm. was a low blow and all of them do it. And there's one scene with Carol and Melvin that I, I love every time. And it's when she's like, he's come to visit her at home when he finds Mm -hmm. out that Spencer has been sick. And, uh, she's like, do you have any control over how creepy you allow yourself to be and all that? And he's like, I do. And to prove it, I haven't gotten personal and you have, and you're like, you feel her shittiness. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah. You stoop that low. That, that sucks. Yeah. That, that's a bad thing to say. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, I like that too. It's, 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 it sets her like, it puts her in the same bucket with all of them where she's she's generally, I think my perception was that she's generally nice, gracious, yeah. everything we've talked about, but at the same time can be just as bitter, vindictive. Well, shitty. and that's Simon has moments like that, too. I mean, he totally. tells Melvin that he's an absolute horror of a human being, mm-hmm. which the way he says it is almost like, wow, you just <laughs> dismantled a human being. Yeah. And then you kind of understand like, 
you get a very deep understanding of where these people can come from or people like them out in the world can come mm-hmm. from where everyone is a way the way they are because it's almost like a reaction to how they've been treated and it, it's right. a vicious cycle when it's the not experiences through. the experiences you've had have formed you into this person you are now yeah and then you're you're met with new situations and you have to decide how to react to them and you could grow and be better or you could just react naturally and simon's interesting because he at the very beginning is like unable to like stand up for himself and he like tries so bad to like tell uh, melvin off with like cubican jr standing next to him and then he doesn't he totally folds and, and and then yeah later on when he is able to like stand up for himself have dignity and um I guess command some sort of respect. It's it's pretty satisfying to see it, it is see him grow. Um, oh, here's your uh, so crazy somewhere else. We're all stocked up. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, yeah, the, I am just constantly just blown away at how well the the characters grow throughout the film because it's just so real, and I love how they made sure not to show anyone as like the perfect character. Everyone is so flawed, but are capable of such great and terrible thing. I love how the movie shows you on a very real Mm -hmm. human level. This is how life can be. This is how it is Mm -hmm. for probably several people out in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And kind of the, kind of the sub, not, I guess subtext or it's not obvious that this is the message, but the more I think about it, I think there is a message in there. If you want to see it, that actions speak louder than words in most respects that Mm. a lot of these people say things that are mean or tear them down or offensive or whatever, but then do very nice, genuine, caring things. And so to me, that means that you are not actually mean you actually are nice. Yeah. You just may say mean things as a defense mechanism or some sort of, you have some reason to do it and you're doing it maybe because it feels good or some sort of power struggle, but it doesn't, that's the complexity. And I tend to grant more weight to the fact that Melvin takes care of this guy's dog, that he takes him on this trip, that he lets him move in with him. So that's that's one of the biggest pieces of like confirmation that Melvin mm-hmm. is changing that yeah. he's actually acting the compliment that he gave Carol mm-hmm. way earlier. You know, yeah, you're he's, like, he's choosing to be a better man than yeah. he was before, uh, which I love that because, you know, he's on the phone with Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character. Or at least you assume that's who he's talking to. Yeah. Frank. Yeah. But you don't quite understand that. You hear like a little glimpse of uh, just put it there for now or whatever. And you're like, oh, they're probably still talking about the dog. And then he does. Uh-huh. I can't believe you let Verdell stay in the <laughs> in that place for this long. And you're like, he loves that dog so much. <laughs> but then when they get back, you know, Carol has just told him. I don't want to know you. 
mm-hmm. which the way she says it to him is just heartbreaking because he's tried so hard and he's he's like been mm-hmm. acknowledging his mm-hmm. fuck ups as the movie progresses. He's yeah, you can tell he's trying not to continue to do that, but it's such mm-hmm. a, a a routine almost for him that it's like, yeah, habit. Yeah, it it takes a long time to break this stuff, these habits, he's, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, Simon opens up the door <laughs> and like not only is his stuff in the apartment, but it's yeah. like unpacked it is it almost looks established as if melvin has had this kind of in the works Mm -hmm. from the get-go it's kind of like the more i watch it the more i'm like you've been (laughs) oh my god like knowing that you're going to eventually simon's going to see he officially lives here like yeah yeah, you've been organizing it. You've had people move it and set it up and and with the goal, which is accomplished, that when he walks in, he feels at home basically. Yeah. Like and welcomed. feels comfortable and, and yeah. Then you start thinking that means several people were just in and out of Melvin's mm-hmm. apartment, which is established at the beginning. <laughs> no one has yeah. ever stepped foot in the apartment. Yeah, so there, there's it. a lot more to it to me just because I look pretty deep into this movie. It, it gets me a lot. Uh, yeah. I just I love that. And then <laughs> Carol calls. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how Simon, he took me in <laughs> like, yeah, that might be the gayest line you have in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it's really it was amazing to me. That she, after telling him she didn't want anything to do with him, calls him because she didn't mean it, basically. Yeah. You know that she didn't mean it. And then she discovers that all this stuff, nice stuff he's been doing, he doesn't like do it to for her. Like he doesn't do it and then go tell her, hey, look, I'm being so nice to this guy. Yeah. He does it. She kind of finds out accidentally when Simon answers the phone and tells her, oh, I live here now. And he took me in. He's being so nice. And that, I think, doubles her sorriness that she's like, oh, I completely misjudged you again. You're actually, you're trying, you're trying, you're doing like so much better. She sees the growth. Yeah, it's kind of like a a revealing moment for her. Of mm-hmm. Like you said, actions are, they speak volumes compared yeah. to just words. And so she's learning that not just from, like typically people will take that phrase as you can say nice things, but how you follow through with them through your actions, that's what matters. This movie yeah. kind of shows you people can be kind of shitty when they're talking, mm-hmm. but they, they can be, their actions can be way better and kind of yeah. not, not, not make it okay for them to speak the way they do. And I think the movie right. does a really good job of, addressing that of like every time he says something dickish, especially to Carol Mm -hmm. or to Simon, they call him out. Like they don't take it lightly. Yeah. And you should (laughs) call him out. You should, you should say that's not okay to say that's not okay to act like that. Yeah. And it hurts. It hurts my feelings when you do that. I think that she does a good job of that for sure. Yeah. So it's, I don't think, or I, I think the movie does a really good job of showing like words can still be pretty devastating for people 
Um, mm-hmm. But don't take it like as a surface level. There's probably a lot more to it. And then look at the actions that these people could take. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so this brings me to the line that you brought or the moment you brought up earlier. He brings Simon home. And, you know, they have their conversation about Carol. <laughs> and I love Nicholson in that final little bit because he's so like he's you get the sense he's really like the OCD. Mm-hmm. You kind of feel the OCD is starting to break. You feel he is yeah. just letting loose. His hair is a mess. He's like <laughs> face plan with Verdell laying on the bed with him. You're like, mm-hmm. this dude has he's really just shedding all of this <laughs> shit off. Mm hmm. Simon convinces him to go and see Carol and officially tell her, like, I think I like you, like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. to be open with her. He yeah. goes to the door and stops. And I I remember, even when I didn't understand it fully, but it being very impactful to me where he, he doesn't open the door right away. He just stops and Simon's like, what are you waiting for? And it's, mm-hmm. I forgot to lock the door just huge huge (laughs) you're like (laughs) what (laughs) yeah he was so invested in simon moving in simon being comfortable the getting everything established that he just didn't think about it he totally forgot he totally forgot and yeah you you just you just said it really well through the course of the movie he has become so invested in bettering Carol's life and mm-hmm. Simon's life. And with Carol's life, it's not just her. Like he's invested into yeah. helping her son and, and helping her mom and just trying to make mm-hmm. life easier and better for these people Yeah. to the point that without even realizing it, he's breaking all of those habits and that, that kind of mental blockage. Yeah, it's such a cool scene. And then he goes and sees Carol. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess this is a scene where it gets stamped as the romantic comedy uh, genre. But she screams, why can't I have a normal boyfriend? Why? (laughs) And he's like, boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. I love her mom that shows up and she's like, everybody wants that deer. It It doesn't doesn't exist. (laughs) Okay, let's bring up Carol's mom. She is so lovable. She's the mom everyone needs. (laughs) She's so so sweet, so supportive. And so real. Their whole argument of her mom just wanting to get out of the house. Like, (laughs) we have a babysitter. Spencer is feeling a thousand times better. Mm -hmm. We can go out. We can have, like, we can do something. And Carol's, like, blowing up. And bringing up things that aren't even on the table. And I love how she's like, Mom, what do you want? Seriously, what do you want? (laughs) She's like, the music cuts. It's so somber. It's so like, oh, this scene's getting really dramatic. And the mom brings her back to how it all started. I just want us to go out. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love Carol's mom in this movie. She's such a like, she's such a perfect ying to everyone else's yang. <laughs> she <Yeah>. just is. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> oh, it's the Chinese noodle soup. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a great scene, the Chinese noodle soup scene, where he Melvin brings Simon this soup because he thought of him. He thought it would help him feel better. And they have like their first normal conversation without yeah. it without insults. It's just kind of a deep conversation about Simon says, I feel this way because of this. And Melvin responds and says, yeah, they kind of identify with each other. They recognize that, yeah, you're like me. You, we feel similar things. We live in a similar existence. And they, they, I guess, see each other as people for the first time instead of adversaries, which is really nice. Yeah. And I love this is one of those scenes with just a nice little detail to it. So Simon's completely broke. Facing getting kicked out, like facing homelessness. Yeah. Yeah, they're sitting on a bench in the apartment. <laughs> like, it looks like a park bench or a bus stop. Yeah, <laughs> like which implies yeah. that his furniture is like all gone. This is something yeah. he dragged up. Probably sold it. Yeah. <laughs> I just God, this movie. I just, yeah. I'm so glad you enjoyed it, Jake, and I'm glad that I'm. You know what? I'm glad you waited this long to watch it because I think you're yeah. able to appreciate it way more than maybe you would have like in high school even. Oh, I totally agree. I think that I'm in a place in life where seeing it for the first time, I I certainly get it off the bat. I think if I had seen it in high school or whatever, it would have kind of like you mentioned, it would, I'm sure it would have been nice. I probably would have been like, it's, it's man, it's whatever. And it would have probably taken me a long time to see it again because why bother? But as an adult, I think it is an adult movie. And if you have an adult experience, adult problems, then you identify with it so much better. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just love, I really found myself several times loving the writing, loving the conversations that these characters have with each other. They have very direct, meaningful conversations several times. And whether it's like over the phone or face to face. I think it's just, it's well, it's so well written. Yeah. In a, in, and it kind of in a different way than most movies that you would say, Oh, that's well written from a plot perspective. This is just sincere dialogue. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> the, most of the conversations they have, the principle of them or the, the depth of them are the kind of conversations I think people should kind of have more mm-hmm. often. I know mm-hmm. having deep conversations can put people off sometimes because we don't want to have that confrontation. Cause you know, eventually you're going to mm-hmm. be confronted. Uh, yeah. And it sucks every time you are, especially when you have, <laughs> you can't think of a good thing to say back <laughs> Yeah, or you try to fight right. the, like the resentment style comeback where you're like, well, I'm just going to attack you because that's, that's a big thing with the conversations and the dialogue in the movie is mm-hmm. with the exception of the times where they will attack each other back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's usually not like small bickering. It's usually very real. This isn't a fight. We This is a discussion. Yeah. We need to confront this kind of mentality. And people that that shit scares people. <laughs> it scares me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you, ha- you I mean you have to be vulnerable in it if you're going to connect with someone or 
tell them about your regrets or your problems or open up about why you are why you react this way or behave this way it requires being very vulnerable and yeah. for a lot of people that's very scary because you can be rejected you can not find that person who responds well or gets you um so um, you should do it with everybody but it, you should not be afraid to do it for sure yeah um back to kind of how the movie culminates which is one of the most beautiful kind of subtle quiet endings it, it might be mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite endings <laughs> just yeah. with the way they they do incorporate the music into it as the as the screen fades with the dialogue fading out that that's kind of a cool part is like yeah it's open-ended it really is an open-ended movie yeah this is just a a section a frame of their lives that we got to see and it makes it very clear that they continue living in in their world they yeah they, they go on to do other things form a relationship or whatever that the movie continues beyond what you're allowed to see and uh so Nicholson shows up with the, why can't I have a normal boyfriend? Why? <laughs> I will always love him just being like, boyfriend. <laughs> like that confirmation of <laughs> yeah. like, okay, we're she still in this. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. likes me. Like, <laughs> he's so proud. Yeah. And <laughs> well, it's pretty amazing that you're not sure if she's thinking of him in that way or not. And so yeah. it's, it's really, when she says that, you're like, oh yeah, this is <laughs> You're like, happening. oh my God. He's actually like, he has done something correct. Uh, Uh And it it helps that Carol has kind of been forced to realize that, yes, Melvin (laughs) is capable of some of the greatest human, like humanity moments ever. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) You just got to help break him through the rest. Yeah. Uh, He, you know, when he's like, let's go for a walk. Let's get some fresh air. Like he starts trying to like, how, how can we make things better? We need to mend things. Right. I need mm-hmm. to, it, which is cool to watch him do because he's still very like, no, I've invested in this. So I need, I need yeah. to be the caregiver almost. And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So counter to the beginning of the film, which is the, the culmination of the growth that you've seen throughout. Yeah. Him offering, and I love how she's like, well, gee, it's four in the morning. Walking around seems mm-hmm. a little weird to me. And he immediately is like, there's a bakery down the road. It could <laughs> just be two people that like warm rolls. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is about how he says it or the line itself. Mm-hmm. But I love it because it seems yeah. like the kind of line. And I've been in like a high stress conversation situation before. I think we all have. Yeah, it is genuinely nice when someone is just like, why don't we just go and do Mm -hmm. something simple? Yeah, like it's kind of disarming, resetting the situation. Yeah. And it and it works like nine out of ten times. It works. It's great. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) One of his lines just it's him having (laughs) food with uh, Frank at the diner. Oh, yeah. Before they go on the trip. Please don't cancel us, but his line of think white and get serious. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I laughed at that one too. <laughs> Sorry, it totally like <laughs> that was bad timing right there. We were talking about a serious, serious thing. moment. <laughs> we should probably talk about Frank though here in a little bit because although he only has a few scenes, he's awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I miss Cuba Gooding Jr. in movies. He is is in several. Dude, very good Cuba ones, Gooding but. Jr. in the nineties. Yeah, was incredible. Actually, his career was going to be incredible, but then he did Boat Trip and. <laughs> wow. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> anyway, R.I.P. Career. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they go for the walk. And, you know, he's trying to be romantic all of a sudden. He's like, I want you to hear the rest of that song. And he actually serenades her. She's mm-hmm. like, this is so weird. And you're like, it is, but it's sweet. <laughs> weird. Yeah. Yeah. Him like, so they, man, I just, I love the direction too in this movie because it, it's very, I like it when it's purposeful, when there's like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of meaning here mm-hmm. and they do it here. So he's gone through all this growth. You, you as the audience, you are really like, Simple, you know, you understand him, you are on his side, you're rooting for him to mm-hmm. be like to find love, considering how the movie starts where you're like, I hate him. Like, I yeah. don't want I don't know if I'm gonna watch a movie with this dude. <laughs> yeah. I actively hope he never finds love. <laughs> right, beginning. right. You're like, I hope this movie ends with him suffering. Fuck this guy. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. like they have the romantic moment, they kiss, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can do better. And he kisses her again. And you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know? But yeah. then they start walking again and he like separates because he doesn't step on the cracks. Yeah. And you're kind of like, the, I love how they put that scene together because the music stops. Like mm-hmm. it's quiet again. All you hear is 4 a.m. Manhattan or New York. It's yeah. really quiet in this neighborhood and she even has that like whatever this is it's not going to work and you're like Mm -hmm. it's kind of a yeah that's true he's gotta Mm -hmm. you gotta close that in like there yeah you have to break this barrier and you can tell he's like i know and you can tell like i want to Mm -hmm. i'm trying like i really am trying Mm -hmm. he just kissed her he didn't let anybody touch him ever and he kissed her he just kissed her one step and then yeah he needs to take another step but she needs him like to be with her if he's going to be with her yeah he's got to be there and uh they get to the diner and it's i man i love this <laughs> i love it get to the diner the the lights turn on and you hear him like as everything's that's when everything starts fading is the diner turning mm-hmm. on and you hear him like mm-hmm. ah here we go. And he opens a door. And as he opens the door, a worker comes out and he takes that mm-hmm. extra step away to open the door farther. Did you notice this right away? He steps I don't think so. on the cracks. Like his no. left foot goes farther out as he takes that extra step away. And he's mm. stepping on the cracks as she like goes in, she's looking and he looks down at his foot and he just kind of like, huh? And then goes inside and ah, warm rolls. And then, you know, credits yeah. roll. I love that. 
I love how yeah. just seconds before he had that quick like, oh, I've got that habit. I can't do that. Yeah. And then in his head thinking about it too much. In his head, it just showed up and then he let it go completely. And I love his response to it of just like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like to it's me. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. To me, the way they end that movie is such a like, because it is open-ended, you don't know if they would actually make it. Work out. Yeah. Um, but you get the sense that no matter what would happen after this part of their stories, mm-hmm. you really kind of have a sense of like, it'll be okay. Yeah. Like no matter what, they have all grown and no matter what, they're all going to be connected to each other because they've all like you said, mm. that car trip is really used as kind of a like pressure cooker. You're all going to yeah. be forced to get over your own shit and you're all going to realize <laughs> you have a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love, man, I love this movie just so much. It just blows my mind every time I watch it. It really does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to watch it more over the years and have it. Have it grown me as I already know that it will. Yeah. I, I really, really liked it, but I'm sure I'll identify with it more and more. Yeah. Especially probably as I get closer to their age and all that stuff. So it's <laughs> it's really good. So real quick, Frank. Yeah. Probably the most <laughs> legitimate abrasive character in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't Who like up- he doesn't really want to be when he first con- confronts Melvin. He's like, I don't want to be doing this, but nobody else is doing it. So I have to. Right. <laughs> and so I'm going to do it. And then Melvin, but I would rather just be an art dealer and be a nice yeah, guy. And I love how Melvin starts like adapting Frank. Frank's ways or his words yeah. into his own life. His, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, that, that was a good story you told about. Yeah, how I, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to steal it. Yeah, but they're Frank's hilarious. He's so blunt about everything. Mm-hmm. But the scene where they're having lunch together and Frank's trying to tell him, like, I need you to take him on this trip. Mm-hmm. Frank is the only character that, like, just acknowledges change, acknowledges at <laughs> what point in the story you are at and how yeah. frustrating he can be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. He's he's important for that reason. He's like, yeah, he is the character that's like, Melvin's a dick, but he's growing people. He's doing big yeah. things. I love like Simon says you brought him soup the other night. You take him dog. <laughs> you take care of the waitress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just they're all meeting at the car. Simon's giving or getting a hug from Frank. (laughs) Melvin's like, (laughs) soak it up, ladies. It's the last hug you're going to get for a few days. And Frank just wagging (laughs) the finger at him. (laughs) I love this movie. I love this movie. I've been talking a lot. You talk now. (laughs) I I don't have too much more to say. I think we can probably wrap it up. But yeah, I loved it as well. I it's kind of surprisingly good and like i said uh, at the beginning it's disarming especially coming from me who didn't really know that much about it yeah. i didn't really know what i was getting myself into and so i was learning 
all of the things along the way, kind of how you should when you see a movie for the first time. And I just thought it did such a great job of showing me who these people are, where they're at, and how they change over time is something that I was always take away from it always remember that yeah it's such a good example of that the writing just it's so good i this is a movie i would genuinely want to read the script yeah just to get a sense of how they managed to write this and to see you know how much the actors ended up just kind of mm-hmm. adapting or kind of doing their own little actory re-edits on the dialogue and all that yeah kind of free range but yeah, I, I just like I knew you were going to like it, but I was nervous that you'd be like, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, certainly not. But I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. And I'm I'm also really glad that you like got it, that you were able to see like the deeper parts of it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it's deeper than is obvious going into it. And kind of as I was first watching it, I was like, this is seems at this on the surface, like it's somewhat basic. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of just like a basic 90s kind of comedy. It's not like over the top comedy, but generally comedy. But the more it went on and the more I saw the characters and un- I understood who this person is, why they're acting this way, how this is con how this behavior contradicts how they're presenting themselves to mm-hmm. be. And yeah, just you, as soon as you start seeing that growth, as, as soon as you start caring about this person that you immediately hated, <laughs> you're like, Oh, this movie is changing me. It's affecting me on a ser- serious level. And so you have to start paying attention at that. Yeah. Point. I, I think it's such a cool movie where the core theme is just basic humanity, basic, goodness or kindness like through all the shit it really has to culminate to this i mean that's Mm -hmm. i god damn it i love yeah yeah and that that people have different life experiences and some people have nice experiences some people don't have nice experiences one of my favorite parts was in when they're on the trip they're in the car and (laughs) jack nicholson's like some people's experiences are they have picnics with noodle salad right. not anybody in this car not but, anybody you know, in some this peop- car <laughs> some people somewhere have a have nice nice experiences nice memories yeah. we are fucked up we have terrible experiences yeah. but it's all we have and it's what we're gonna work with and i thought that was really nice <laughs> just not anybody in this car i do love <laughs> yeah. how he says that <laughs> <laughs> like a band of misfits and i yep. like that so here, here's a question, not not a deep question for you or anything, but having watched mm-hmm. the movie, mm-hmm. you wear glasses. <laughs> yes. Have you tried his little eyebrow sunglass drop yet? <laughs> hey! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't do it as good as him. He does it very smooth. He is like... Jack Nicholson has like the most pronounced eyebrows and he can like move them in such significant and serious ways <laughs> that I couldn't possibly like dream to do, but it's fun to watch. And that's why he's so entrancing. I think <laughs> I never thought I'd call Jack Nicholson entrancing, but there you go. I could. He is. <laughs> he is. He is. 
Yeah, so that's uh, as good as it gets. Man, it's so good. Yeah. I forgot to mention. The title of the movie, it's one of those movies where they do actually say the title in the film. (laughs) And it's one of the funniest scenes (laughs) comes out of the therapist, you know? The waiting room is full. (laughs) <laughs> you're like oh my god at, at the psychiatrist's office yeah <laughs> and he just turns to all these people that have fucked up lives and goes this is as good as it right gets. what if this is as good as it gets the best part of that is you hear the lady oh no <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i it's just such a gem of a movie uh mm-hmm Obviously, I always encourage people make sure you watch this or like get people to watch yeah. this movie. Trying to get people to watch this these days, mm-hmm. I could see being kind of difficult, but problem problematic. I mean, in all honesty, people should watch this one. I mean, yeah, to understand. Oh, I think so for sure. I think we are too quick. If if this were if this is the mess, my message. This is my soapbox moment. All right, I think we. I think we are too quick these days to completely write someone off for one thing they said or one thing they tweeted or one thing in the past that was offensive or abrasive. I think that we don't have enough grace for people and understand that people are complicated and they can do and say things for a million different reasons. Mm-hmm. It's not oh, you said this, you are a, immediately a bigot or a racist or a terrible person at your core. There are a lot of reasons people do things. And if we take the time to understand people and where they come from and why they are the way they are and what their family life was like and how they grew up, like this movie does, I think that we would be a better society and we would care for each other and understand each other, at least see each other eye to eye. Don't have to agree on everything. Don't have to like what they're saying. You can certainly say that's mean or that's hurtful or you hurt my feelings. Uh, And you don't have to have a relationship with them. These relationships work out. Not everybody's is going to, but I think that a little bit of grace, a little bit of empathy goes a long way. Yeah. And for someone like Melvin, who started with zero empathy and grew it over time, he was changed by the people around him that changed him. And so if you are around someone who is abrasive or rude or mean, you can change them by being gracious and graceful and all that stuff. So that's what the message I took. That's a pretty good was. one. See, I told you this movie has like, there, there's a lot to it and it came out in 97. Yeah. Yeah. It's a way deeper movie than I think people when it came mm. out expected. And yeah. I think it's an important one that people should probably be watching just to kind of be confronted with everything mm. you said. I, you put that so well man that was oh thank you yeah that was well done <laughs> sir a little golf clap for you <laughs> so yeah i guess let us know what you think yeah if there's any yeah. any parts you thought we should have talked about or any messages you took uh if you like the movie or don't like the movie even something as basic as that um reach out to us on facebook or instagram at movie boners you can call in leave a voice message tell rant for a minute or so about what you like about it or where we're right or where we're wrong. Uh, always happy to hear from all of you. So that's, that's always fun. Yeah. And uh, I think that's it. That's basically it. Unless you want to talk about next week. Oh yeah. We do have a plan. We do have a plan. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're diving into 
I think we've like hinted to this a handful of times, like we did the animated movies, but no Disney. We did yeah, uh, we did musicals, musicals, but no Disney. But no Disney. <laughs> so we're finally diving into our we're a top ten episode, which we haven't done for a yeah. while. Uh, yep. Top back to our roots. Yeah, top ten animated Disney films. So yeah, go revisit your childhood. Rewatch <laughs> all these animated Disney. Uh, we are it's very nostalgic. We are including like the Disney Pixar movies. So just needs to mm-hmm. be produced by Disney, which was really not a lot not produced by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> not these days. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so go revisit. I'm looking forward to hearing what your list is. I have an idea of what your list might end up looking like. And okay. I think you and I are going to have at least one or two crossovers. Oh, I'm sure. I'm thinking we, we will. Yeah. And if we don't, It'll probably be one of those where we're like, ah, oh, dang it. I should have wrote that one in there. <laughs> yeah. I think you're going to be spot on. Yep. <laughs> but so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've already started and it's been a fun, nostalgic yep. week so far. So yes, check has. that out next time. And and I think that's all we have. I think that's it. So thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening, everybody.